Hello, and welcome to episode number 22 of Boutique Talk. My name is Jake Boston, otherwise known as Steelbook Obsessed on all your major social media platforms. And if you want to listen to all things movie-related, then you've come to the right place. Every week, I have a guest on to talk about their experiences with film. And today, my guest is the founder and CEO of Creator VC, and has helped make some amazing documentaries, including the In Search of Darkness trilogy, In Search of Tomorrow, and In Search of the Last Action Hero. He is currently crafting more docs based on aliens and the thing it is my pleasure to have on mr robin block onto the podcast how's it going robin um really good thank you so much for having me on um and i feel like i mean I'm, I'm in esteemed company because you know you're the real deal um uh you know a real bona fide collector um, absolutely i got it yes a bunch of movies behind me a bunch that you can't even see i i love movies and i think I, I think the movie that I own the most is The Thing. I absolutely love that movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I always, when people ask you what your favorite movie of all time is, it's always hard because it's a difficult question. But, um, you know, when we were thinking about how to approach this project and, and to explore The Thing, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, do we just refer to it as the greatest horror movie ever made? which is quite a bold statement, and we decided not to do that. But but I think there's a very strong argument uh, for it being, you know, on the, route, on the Mount Rushmore of movies, of horror movies, definitely. It's in contention, for yeah. sure. There, there's a lot. That's hard to kind of pinpoint down the best of all time. But, yeah, I would say top top 10, for sure. Uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's so many aspects of the thing that make that movie great just like the way that they capture isolation onto everything just you're always paranoid you never know like who is in peril and who isn't who is the thing and everything it's pretty much like the game werewolves that's played with a lot of like group parties now except done in 82 and yeah it's just it's a blast I could talk about it all day we'll talk more about that later but I kind of want to get into I've never had on I've never had on a CEO before, so that that's very great. Thank you for uh, having coming on the podcast. But um, I kind of want to talk about the process of making documentaries. Um, yeah, I know that you created the In Search of series. You made some based on sci-fi, on action, on horror. Can you kind of uh, talk a little bit about what the process is on, like, how you thought of these issues and or these topics, and how you actually kind of like bred them to life? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I want to say is that everything we do um, at Creative EC is a collaboration. Um, so, uh, you know, my my real job is honestly to find people that I love working with, that love doing this type of work, hmm. right? So if I can find someone who loves to do the thing I need them to do, then I kind of, you know, I can take the rest of the day off. You know, that's kind of um, the thing. So it's all a collaboration. Um, I have a background in production. I, I was a producer, director, and then I ran a media company for, for many years. And in my late 30s, um, I, I kind of didn't want to have clients anymore. Um, I wanted to work on, um, I wanted to do work that was really meaningful to me. And at the time, and this is back in maybe t- 2016, um, I was really getting into YouTube and really sort of uh, getting into YouTube creators that created film retrospectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one channel um, that I uh, discovered called Oliver Harper's Retrospectives um, that just hit me like a sledgehammer. 
I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I'd watched Oliver's retrospectives um, and I'd binge watch them. I'd invite friends round to watch a movie and then we'd watch the retrospective after watching the movie. And I was like, this is amazing. And what really, um, what I observed in my own self was how much I enjoyed the feeling of revisiting a film that I knew that I'd already watched, but doing it in a short amount of time and, and specifically how it made me felt. So on the one hand, it was interesting to learn more about how the movie was made, but the emotional payoff of that nostalgia was really significant. Um, I remember thinking, God, this is a really amazing type of entertainment. Um, so uh, I ended up, um i went away to australia for a year my wife's australian and we, we lived out there for a year we came back to the uk came back to london and i was like well, what do i what am i going to do now like my career and I'm, I'm feeling very unmotivated to go back and get clients and i, I want to do something else so i kind of called up ollie who ran this channel and said look i've got all this business experience why don't we get together in london um and see if i can help you channel out because I've, you know i want to do something at the moment i'm not sure what it is and I, I love what you do so he came down and met me in london and that meeting changed my life so we ended up um trying a bunch of stuff out and eventually it got to the point where i was like the only thing we can do with your channel that makes sense from a commercial perspective is to actually rally the audience that you've created into creating something beyond the channel I remember sitting in, um, I think, I can't remember where we were. We weren't in London, but I was sitting down with Ollie. And I said, well, what do you want to do a documentary about? And he was like, well, let's do it on 80s action movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And I was like, you know what we're going to call it? We're going to call it In Search of the Last Action Heroes. And the next day, um, I set up Creative EC. Uh, and that was, you know, that was in 2018. I think in May 2018. Um and we started that process off. And I remember doing our first crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like a revelation to me. I was like, oh, my God, people are giving us money based on, on something we haven't made yet. Right. With zero. I mean, Ollie had got his YouTube channel. It was mainly his audience. Um, but people that didn't know Ollie was, were contributing. I was like, this is amazing. I've never worked like this before. Mm-hmm. And that revelation absolutely changed my life um and that that project um in search of last action heroes that came out we actually sold it to a distributor called gravitas ventures and went worldwide but the 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 project that changed my life was in search of darkness um and it and i want to talk about it because it's related to why i'm here today actually Sure. So, um, you know, In Search of Darkness is one of the most successful independent documentaries ever made. Like we've got um, many, many tens of thousands of backers and it's generated an incredible, um, it's gone global. We've got, you know, there's TV series, there's books coming out. We're in the fourth iteration of that um, project. And one of the things I took from it is the kind of power of making your ideas real. And I'll talk about this because there's nothing particularly remarkable about me, right? So um, the I remember sitting in my office on the 14th of July, 2018, and I thought, oh, I want to do a horror version of In Search of Last Action Heroes. Right. I'm going to call it In Search of Darkness, and I started writing down everyone who I wanted in it, you know, starting with John Carpenter, 
mm-hmm. kind of went down. And the power of manifestation is this, like that was July the 14th, 2018. October um, the 6th, 2019, I'm in Hollywood at the Egyptian Theatre on Hollywood Boulevard. There's a queue around the block to get into the premiere of In Search of Darkness. And I'm on stage with all these 80s horror icons watching a four and a half hour documentary hmm. about 80s horror in Hollywood. And I was like, that was amazing. That's got to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, and the reason that um, I'm here and doing the thing, the thing expanded, which I'll talk about a bit later, is because the way I started in Search of Darkness is I didn't have any relationships in the horror genre. But I just started social media. I started talking to people. Mm-hmm. I set up an, an informal advisory circle, a kind of advisory group. That's how I met our director, David Weiner, because he was part of that. And ideas are at their most vulnerable when they're embryonic. And so I just, it was like a little snowball that started getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. um, until, you know, we smashed our Kickstarter goal. We then had, you know, it was just, an incredible journey that's ended up with 15 hours of of uh 80 the the, the, the largest assembly of horror icons ever in cinema um and now we're moving into the 90s and and that all starts from the kind of thing that i'm doing here with you you know so that's the power of kind of making your ideas real um and what's interesting is we've done loads of documentaries since in search of darkness and we've gone into gaming and mm-hmm. um I, I feel like we've established ourselves as um as a, as a company that has a very intimate relationship with the fans and it kind of manifests what they're into um but the vibe i'm getting off doing the thing expanded is so reminiscent of when i started in search of darkness because people are just showing up. I'm getting emails every day. We haven't even eat. We've got eighty something thousand backers. Wow! Right. That we, right? Mm. So we haven't even emailed our backer base about this project because it's too early. Because we've got um, other. We've got terabytes, which is doing a pre-sale now. It's about horror gaming. We've got. I saw Alien the trailer Ex- for that. That looks amazing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the, it's a great team on that. And then we've got um, Aliens Expanded getting released in May, which is in, it's an incredible four-hour documentary on Aliens, like with half the cast in it. It's fantastic. So I don't want to get everyone too overwhelmed. Sure. Um, but like the energy is similar and the kind of conversations I'm having about the movie and what I'm learning from speaking to you, from speaking to other fans um is amazing and when things are early you need the energy to stay with it because right. lots of challenges kind mm-hmm. of get through gravity you know into space absolutely um but i can tell you having you know aliens expanded is in the final stages of post-production um and that's been one of the best executed projects i've ever run hmm. um but with the horror audience and the movie the thing and the and the iteration and innovation that we want to bring to this not just the documentary but the whole exp- the whole backer experience um i want it to be a world first you know i want it to be something where if you because i think this i think the fandom for the thing is almost generational like i, I it's sort of we've never met before jake but mm-hmm. we both like the thing and we both understand probably why we like the thing and yep. that kind of makes us cool 
right? <laughs> like, and there's a there's a kind of community around this movie. It's almost like an unsaid thing. And I think this project's going to be really special. And I want to create this kind of year-long celebration, this moment in time where ultimately everybody can get more out of something they already love. Yep. And, that, and that's the goal. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel really lucky because this year I've just got projects that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I haven't, I haven't had a bad conversation about the thing yet. Every conversation I've had has just been awesome. And it's kind of, you know, lifted my vibration. Oh, I need to do more. We need to start moving forward. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are. That's the longest answer to a question you've ever asked. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. You went all over the gambit, man. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. you've got a lot of stuff to juggle right now, coming out with multiple projects in a year and just trying to have the next thing lined up. I think this well, we, is like a year, year and a half out still, right? The thing yeah, yes. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so this year, just 2024, um, we last week we started the pre-sale on terabytes. Mm-hmm. That's been in development for over six months. Right. And then um, for people who don't know what terabytes is, it's like a documentary on horror based video games, which me growing up, Eternal Darkness was like my jam. I loved that. We've got we've got the creators of Eternal Darkness. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday. Yeah. yeah, So I mean, you know, the the lineup is insane. And and that's coming off the back of our first gaming documentary, which was first person shooter, which is you know, did really well. Um, but then Aliens Expanded uh comes out for backers in May. So our final pre-sale for that is in April. Um, and I think that is probably our best work. Um, it, it, the, the, the expanded format, mm-hmm. you work with video, so you'll, you'll understand where I'm going with this. Imagine mm-hmm. the thing or aliens on your timeline, on your kind of final cut or premiere timeline. Sure. Yeah, when you're editing. It's, mm-hmm. But it's three-dimensional. Okay. Right? So it's this, and it's all sectioned off into all the most iconic scenes all the and way that's through. that's how you jump to different scenes of the movie. That's and you're a virtual camera and you go in, poof, the scene comes up. I've actually got some graphics I'll show you, but like it's very, very cool. And sure. that's the expanded concept. And the format is designed to allow us to go into a film, deconstruct it, go off on tangents. Right. And it's really um, an opportunity for us to sort of start with the fans of this and go like how can we explore this how can we sort of go into this in a way that's really going to entertain this fan base mm-hmm. rather than it be a kind of making of there's lots of making ofs we're not really wanting to to focus on that we want to almost it be a kind of fever dream for fans of the movie mm-hmm. yeah i was going to bring that up there's there's a great documentary on the thing called terror takes shape and it, it's like a 90 100 minute documentary that just talks about the making of there, there's been a a bunch of these about a lot of different movies I know with In Search of Darkness and the whole In Search of Trilogy, it's a lot of like talking head interviews, talking about like different highlights of the film. If you're going to stretch that to a four hour documentary, I'm curious <laughs> how you um, how you plan to kind of like make it and set it out to make it a unique process, something that kind of stands out in the marketplace. Yeah, I think it's a great question, um, but it was the first question we try to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up with a concept for, for Expanded which is the name we call these types of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And I was on a plane going from London to LA for the premiere for In Search of Tomorrow, which was our big sci-fi documentary. Yep. And I was like, I've really enjoyed trying to capture the essence of, a, of, a, of an era, but you have to flip from one film to another. So you never get sort of, so I almost, I wanted, I wanted to create something which was the opposite of that, where it was just like super deep dive right. and we can go into everything. And so, the way that we've done it is we've got this conceit 
this format where we begin the documentary at the very first frame of the movie and we end the documentary at the final shot of the movie mm-hmm. and we go through the chronology of the movie is the chronology of the documentary and of course you know as we're going through the film we're going off on exploring tangents sidebars sidebars we call them mm-hmm. um but we use the chronology of the movie to keep everything moving forward. And that's why you have that graphic, I'm assuming, just to kind of like go back to the movie. That's smart. Mm-hmm. And it kind of always takes you back to the next thing. Oh, well, now, we're going, now we're talking about this. Let's look, let's look at why this thing is brilliant. Right. Right. And so the audience for an expanded is going to be diehard fans of that film. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we know they've seen everything. So we're not trying to... Um, repeat what's been done before but normally what's been done before is 20 years old 30 years old even yep right and you know, I was on the phone I was on a meeting last night with Mick Garris who did the original making of the thing right you know? um, and we were talking about the thing expanded like it's sort of um, so we want to revisit the movie but from where we are in time now mm-hmm Right. And we want to get, you know, the cast members, the crew, the surviving cast and crew that are around in this. We want to get all the big super fans, Quentin Tarantino, other people like that involved in this project. Sure. Because it's a celebration of the film, but it's almost a dissection of it as well. And it does tread a couple of making of elements because it's unavoidable. But I think it, it feels very fresh. You know, sometimes we get like, what are you going to find that's new? I don't know. I, I, It'd be lovely if we did, but that's mm-hmm. not the point. The point of these projects is to um, look at something you love and extract more entertainment out of it. Sure. Right. And that's what an expanded is all about. And we, with Aliens Expanded, we sent a five hour rough cut to about 200 backers um, just before Christmas. And it's come back with some of the best scores in terms of ratings that we've ever had um and the actual final kind of runtime of aliens expanded is going to be four hours because we've timed it up a little bit right that seems to be your sweet spot yeah the- and i think well it's 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 i wish it could be shorter but you oh no there's a lot, no. There's a lot of ground to cover that, that's what i love about the in search of series is that like there's so much to dig into that you can either like sit in one sitting watch everything or you can piecemeal it together you can yeah, like okay, yeah, watch think- three segments and go on with my day People, I, I mean, pe- people write to us all the time about how they have it on in the background. Like, In Search of Darkness became something beyond what I ever conceived it could be. Because once you give, as a creator, once you give something over to your audience, it's theirs. They can project what they want. You know, we never really argue with people. They say, oh, that was a terrible documentary. Okay, that's your opinion. We love it. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to go again. This was a success, success for us. But within Search of Darkness, We've found that we've had people get tattoos of the artwork. The artwork's gone everywhere. Great artwork. Um, The people have it on like a nostalgic comfort blanket. Yeah. People put it on. Sometimes people are like, well, I'm in the mood to watch an 80s horror movie, but I don't have the attention span to watch. But I'm just going to put it in such a dance because it's going to give me that energy. It's going to give me that hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's why it's been so successful. You know, we never... When I started it, I never thought we'd be in like the fourth part, you know, going into the 90s. And now, you know, we want to do in, in October this year, we're, we're, well, it'll be November. November this year, we'll be sending out um, In Search of Darkness 90 to 94. Yep. 
Um, and then we're going to do 95 to 99. And then we're going to do the 70s and the noughties. So this is something. And then we want to revisit the 80s again because there's a lot we missed. So it's sort of like we, ne we never want to stop doing it. As long as people want us to make it, we'll carry on making it. Um, but the, the thing expanded is a very different animal. And part of why I'm having these conversations is um, we spend a lot of time and invest a lot of energy in listening to our backers about what they want to see, what, because they'll project on us. Oh, you've got to get this person. Oh, you've got to cover this topic. Mm -hmm. We're running a survey right now for fans of the thing. And it's really illuminating seeing the patterns in what people want to see in a documentary about this movie, you know, and it's my job and it's the team's job to um, try and deliver, right. deliver on that. Yeah. And I mean, that's why with aliens, I'm assuming that's why it has the runtime that it does is Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on every little aspect that is possible. I'm trying, I'm watching, I mean, it's not even a rough cut now because I've just laid on the score. Um, we've had a bespoke score created for aliens expanded. It sounds amazing. Um, like I'm watching it and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be critical. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting into it. It's the right. only, it's the only film we've ever made. That's like made me cry. Mm. You know, like, like I've shed a tear watching it. Like it's really? moving. Yeah. And like, I was, I remember my wife was like, what's up with you? And I'm like, oh God, this is a really moving part of the documentary. Yeah. Like it's sort of, um, I wish there was another word to call what, to call what we do because it isn't, you know, people, some people do this though. I mean, some people say, look, I'm going to order at the pre-sale, send me an email when it's ready to be shipped. Right. Um, but actually a lot of our backers really get into the experience that we provide. So we've had regular, uh, live Q and A's, like the cast have come on, done live Q and A's with backers. We've got about 15 hours of other material through those online, mm -hmm. uh, streams. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very much a experience and a journey. Like the, the backers are, are on this ride with us yeah. um and uh i'll be sad when it when it when it comes out you know and and i've learned so much from putting this together that i want to apply what i've learned and what the team's learned to the thing expanded mm -hmm. um and i think that already um you know we've had hundreds of survey responses and you start to see very clear trends clear trends in the demographic age range clear trends in terms of what people want us to focus on. Um, and ultimately my job is, is to, is to create a really intimate relationship between our backers and what we're making. They need to be like that. And that's a very unusual relationship because, because studios don't work like that. You know, the, the relationship that you have with a movie that comes out, is incredibly one-sided like you like it you don't like it you're not connected to it but there's so many like communities out in youtube and social media and everything that wish that they had a voice so it's very nice that you've kind of created this community that is able to give you their two cents on a project and you can kind of interwine that if you wish yeah i mean and we we're, we're always trying to um get better mm -hmm. at, at listening and interpreting obviously you can't um you can't what's the adage you, you know you can't keep everyone happy all of the time but you can keep most of the people happy most of the time right um and you've got varying degrees of of fandom from like i really love this movie to like this movie's my life i'm the world's you know like i've watched it three thousand times you know like level of session so there's different sorts of um people you need to speak to but um 
I'm really excited about it. Also, it's a, it's kind of, it's the kind of movie where people respect the thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's still an incredibly powerful film. I went to see it in London about three three weeks ago at the British Film Institute, amazing cinema in London, huge mm-hmm. screen, 4K presentation, packed cinema on a Saturday night. And there were people that had never seen it before that were, and we're a British audience, so we're pretty kind of hold it down, right? <laughs> like it's sort of, but I could hear them reacting in real time to some of the more visceral moments. Yep. I was like, wow. And I was in there knowing this project was coming up, going, oh, I need to look at this critically. Do you know the truth? One of the things I observed in myself, as soon as that opening scene, we're in the, we're in the snow, I'm like, I'm in the movie. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. thinking critically. And it feels, what's so special about the thing is, is it has this reality to it and this authenticity where the performances don't feel like performances. Right. Even if you've seen it many times before, the storyline unfolds in front of you in real time kind of thing like and and it it has this very remarkable rewatchability and i've got a theory and i'd be interested jake in what you think about this but there's a a saying which is you know the same man doesn't step in the same river twice so um you know and and what i mean by that in terms of relating it to the thing and, and other movies actually is i was i was a kid when i first watched the thing i remember it blowing my mind mm-hmm. i remember watching it in my 20s and loving it i'm 46 when i watch it now i still see new things i still understand it on a deeper level than i did the last time i watched it right. and i'm different <laughs> so i understand the dynamics of the characters the situation they're in in a more rounded way than i did 20 years ago mm-hmm. that's great art will do two things it will grow with you and it will inspire others and the thing has seeped its way into pop culture. We can see references in so many things. Finally, yes. When right. it came out, it like it bombed. Like nobody yeah. liked it. They were all like happy go lucky with their sci-fi with ET. This yeah. came out a couple of weeks later, completely just did nothing. I think there was a magazine like a uh, cinema, 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 cinema fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. Yeah, right. It's true. And and um, you know, but I think that adds to the I think the way a lot of people identify with this film is it's like kind of like the underdog. You know, it was, you know, it got really discovered 15 years after it came out and right. uh, and continues to be something that um, gets debated on. I've got a Google um, Insights alert that that every week sends me all the latest articles that talk about the thing. Mm-hmm. And every week I get a ton of articles because it's still relevant. It's a movie that's over 40 years old that people are still writing new material on. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen with all movies. There's something special at work in this film. And it was interesting watching it in the cinema again recently because it doesn't waste any time. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any fat on it. Um, and I think knowing the importance of collaboration when creating really anything, mm-hmm. you know, let's feel like an artist making a painting, you know, I, I feel that sometimes the right combination of skill sets and timing and everything all comes together and it's magical. You can't repeat it. Um, there's tons of films that have that magic. Donnie Darko is one uh, that just everything happened at the right time for that movie and it's of its era. Uh, and I believe it's the same as the thing. You know, um, it captures. Um, it's like it's like preserved in amber. 
the kind of vibration of early 80s you know mm -hmm. it, it's um people project aids allegories onto it and all sorts of stuff right but like it's something incredibly authentic about that film that it's like you open up that bubble and you're in that world again you know mm -hmm. it's a little bit special it's over 40 years old and it still feels as relevant as it ever has. It's just a timeless classic and not a lot of movies can kind of like encapsulate that effect. And I think the thing does it in spades. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, the expanded format will only work with kind of quote unquote perfect movies mm -hmm. that have enough depth and density to them to give us enough to unpack. Right. There's so much to unpack. And I feel like, we know we've done our job right if you watch the thing expanded and the first thing you want to do is rewatch the thing mm -hmm. and when you rewatch the thing you'll look at it with new eyes you'll understand it on a deeper level right and that's yeah. the goal of this that's the goal with this project you can kind of say the same thing about aliens too though yeah well i do i mean i, I mean it's that's why we when we started with aliens i would say aliens and the thing are on my mount rushmore of my favorite films mm -hmm. Um, you know, Aliens, the timing of our release, we've got Alien Romulus coming out, we've got the 4K release of Aliens coming out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of bang. I think the Aliens 4K comes out in March, right? And um, I think Aliens Romulus comes out in May, and um, our final sale for Aliens Expanded will be April. And it Did actually, you plan it that way, or it's just kind of a happy coincidence. Do you know what? I wish I could tell you I planned it that way. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. It was a, it was, but this is the thing, right? So, um, just there's something in the air where timing works because timing mm -hmm. is critical, right? The thing, the timing was off, right? And it derailed Carpenter's career because, and he's never recovered. Right. Unfortunately um, not. No, I yeah. love the work that he did, but he never got the budget like he did for this. No, no. And yeah. so it's sort of, um, so timing is you just get lucky. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, when I came up with a format, I was like, well, I need, what's the film that I, um, I would love to do this on. And we had just done in search of tomorrow where we'd already featured a few cast members, um, from aliens and they were lovely. And I'm like, well, let's go a bit deeper into it. And yep. yeah, that, I suppose the rest is history, but, um i'm i'm so excited and i'm excited about this format and where it can go because we'll learn a lot from the release in in may um the thing expanded my window to really work on it you know properly as a as a, as a company because it's just kind of me at the moment it's like my side hustle right it's going to be uh, may june july 2024 this year Okay. With, with July being the month that's earmarked for our pre-sale hmm. and then it will come out um, in Q4 2025 so it'll give us a year and a bit to, to put it together um, and yeah excited so aliens hit that sci-fi itch I mean this kind of does too but it's more horror they're both like sci-fi yeah. and horror I know with the action side of things with the action hero uh, in search of that you made do you see any action franchises maybe fitting this expanded model yeah I do so we've been talking about doing Predator oh yeah mm -hmm. right and obviously you know uh, R.I.P. Carl Weathers but right. um, the the, uh, uh, the the Predator 
is a challenge because again it's on my pantheon of perfect movies right mm -hmm. that's still but like you can watch it tomorrow it's like the first time you've watched it it's a great one yep. right? it's a great one and my director ian nathan who's directed um aliens expanded mm -hmm. he's friendly with john mctiernan um oh. and had john we all went met up with john mctiernan when he came over to london about a year ago well, there you go. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, but the challenge is the predator doesn't have the same density as something like the thing or or aliens. But we would explore more of the predator universe with yeah. an expanded. We're talking about that Terminator, Back to the Future. So ultimately, um, you know, the way we, I mean, you wanted to know about documentary filmmaking before we commit to doing a project in our model we have to make sure the audience wants us to make it mm -hmm. because we, the, the way we work is we don't, we, we bring a groundswell of support to a project who kind of fund the making of it. And we create this experience around it, but we need to know there's enough people out there that want us to create something about, mm -hmm. about this. And we call that process a validation so that's that validation is already what I'm doing with the thing expanded. Sure. But it's going very well. Like it's I'm getting all the right signals and um I'm I'm very committed to making this uh, real. Sure. Man, if you have access to McTiernan, I would love to see a Die Hard expanded. I think there's so much to dig into on that movie. Yeah, maybe. I mean I mean it's sort of the, the challenge is that building an audience is really difficult. Sure. Um and um our biggest audience is horror. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, for the foreseeable future, and I'm talking about the next, you know, two to three years, I think we just want to double down on horror and kind of build, invest a bit more in, in building that horror audience that lo loves this. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, we sometimes get, you know, people will message us going, oh, you should do something on this. You should do something on that. And I'm like, I'd love to, but you almost have to start from the bottom again. Right. Yeah, no, you have your core audience that you have gathered so much information from them. You kind of know what they're looking for. So it's possible just to expand it. If it becomes something popular, like the In Search of franchise is now, you can kind of like branch even more off and just do more into the horror genre, like the video game stuff. That That's when I, when I saw that documentary, I never even thought of that becoming something that could be grouped together and make a documentary of. But after watching the trailer, I'm like, man, I played so many of these games. I can't wait to kind of go back and reminisce about them again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all a learning curve. With with terabytes, we did a long validation. Thousands of people filled out the survey. And what was the challenge for us is that our core audience is like over the age of 36, mm -hmm. right? But the terabytes demographic skewed much closer to like mid-20s. So it's a different audience. It's a younger audience. Yeah. They don't collect Blu-rays. Probably most of them don't have a Blu-ray player unless it's in their console. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of, it, it is, it's a challenge reworking some of our business model around that younger audience. But the thing from the data that I'm getting at the moment is so bang on our sweet spot mm. where it makes it, it's just, it's really, really exciting. 
Right. I was um I was able to go to see a screening of the thing in theaters too. It was like a, a fan fest that um Flix Brewhouse threw on and it was a blast because you would have people that have seen the movie dozens of times. You had some people that had never seen the movie before. You had diehards that like dressed up in Arctic gear because they played it in the middle of winter where I'm at in the Midwest, it was all snowy, so it just kind of added to the experience. And at the end of the movie, everyone was just applauding it grew new fans i think this movie is like one of the rare ones that you can kind of throw at a 15 year old you can throw at a 50 year old it's just there and it's magic i completely agree and it must have been super fun no one did dress up for the for the bfi screen i went to but you know the the cosplay around this is significant the collectibles are significant right um part of our process when we start a project um, is we go out to the fan community. So not just our backer base, but um, the people that run like the big YouTube channels or run podcasts or have the big Facebook communities focused on on the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been in touch with some amazing people that run these communities with like thousands of followers. And it's really interesting kind of seeing the like how devoted many, many people are um and and just across like hardcore horror fans like fans who if you saw them on the street you'd be like that's a horror fan right Mm -hmm. it's seeped into their identity right thing is the thing is like a significant movie for them um and so uh it's i always like it when i got a challenge um and i'm learning so much about why this movie's meaningful like in our survey and it's not a long survey but one of the questions is why is this film so important to you Mm -hmm. you know and we even even on our kind of social media which is um at thing expanded we sometimes put out um what people have written into us like why is this we anonymize it you know um but like it will be you know verbatim what someone's written to us like this is i saw this movie when i was 10 i've couldn't get out of my like those kind of things because we because a lot of us feel that way right yeah the first time i watched the thing was when i was like 25 26 years old but that's kind of late it it is i I was very late into the horror genre i was a very scaredy cat when i was a kid so did not like horror movies at all as you grow as a person you open yourself up to new things fell in love with the horror genre and since then, I've probably seen the thing at least 12 times. I don't rewatch a lot of movies. I have a lot of movies behind me that I like to watch for the first time or just go back every now and again. But the thing is one where I like to watch it again every like year, two years, just to see kind of like where I'm at as a person. It's one of those to where like you change as a person every now and again. And you go to that movie just to see if you catch on new things to see like how you watch the movie and if it if you think differently about it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's one, it's one of those rarities. I, um, I, I love the fact that you're kind of expanding on a particular movie. I'm curious if you ever see in the future, especially if you're going to focus on horror stuff, if you ever thought focusing on a specific subgenre within horror, like slashers and just trying to see like, yeah. Okay. So slashers. Yeah. There's, um, there's stuff in the works. Yeah. Right. Because that's a very significant, genre um uh we've also got to be careful because we're a small team mm-hmm. so um you know we can only handle three or, three or four projects a year 
Honestly, like for how the size of your team now, I'm shocked with the amount of content you're pumping out. It's very, very cool to see. It's got to be very, it's ambitious and it's, it's got to feel yeah. rewarding to you that you're able to put out as much as you are. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, but we work, we have to work kind of six to eight months out from sure. even the first time anyone else hears about it. Like everyone's hearing about terabytes because we're doing a bunch of press and mm-hmm. we've got a live campaign running. Um, but that's been worked on for over six months just to get us to that point. Right. Um, and so we'll work in terms of seasons. So we've got our 2023-24 season at Creative EC. We're looking ahead to 2025-2026. I want to do something massive for 2026. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive. And um, bigger than In Search of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, and it won't be an expanded documentary. It'll be something different. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, you know, we're 2024 and I'm thinking about 2026. So that's the sort of runtime that you're working with. Mm-hmm. The upside of that is I don't, is I know what I'm doing. As in like, what's happening this month? What's happening next month? What's happening at the end of the year? All these things are kind of benchmarked out. Um, and in that way, you can get very focused. Right. Then you're not distracted by anything else. You kind of, you know, you have your roadmap. Think as a team... We, we have to be really organized um, with what we're doing in timeframes. Um, and, uh, and also you don't, you can't overwhelm an audience. You know, we mm-hmm. can't drop a whole bunch of projects at once because that won't make any sense. So, so that's why we haven't even, I mean, we're doing social media, but email is our strongest communication tool and we yeah. haven't emailed our backers. Even core audience there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's sort of, you know, it's too early. You know, um, we don't even have a synopsis. So the plan with the thing expanded is to, I'm doing a bit of a podcast tour, which came about because I just posted an image saying, if you've got a podcast and you want to chat about the thing and you're interested in this project, right. hit me up. Yep. And um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing for me because it's shown me that people interest, are interested in, in the movie and the project. Mm-hmm. But just having these conversations makes it realer makes it more real right in my mind with what i'm how i'm putting it together um and in a couple of months time we'll come back to everybody who's filled out the survey and say look this is our synopsis and we did this with aliens expanded we presented um our synopsis which is like a six page google doc with like this is the roadmap for the movie Mm mm-hmm and we sent it out, and it got peer-reviewed by over 3,000 Aliens fans. That's cool. I actually looked on it the other day, and people are still writing on it. I'm like, guys, we finished the film. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They want to Doesn't throw their two cents in. Yeah. yeah, and like it's sort of – but that, that as far as I'm, I'm aware, no one else does that. We're the only ones that do that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing that with the thing. So once we've collated this information, we'll present it back to you, the fans, and you can give us constructive, hopefully – and it was always constructive – criticism yeah. we can make it better come back to you and then that final one will be the roadmap that we go to market with smart it's very smart um i i was curious you um you've done a lot of movie-based content now you're starting to do video game-based content um when you started your career in directing you started with like music stuff you did a lot of documentaries on beastie boys 
and uh, My Chemical Romance and Bono, I think, were like the main three that I saw. Um, yeah. If you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe the possibility of kind of circling around and doing a documentary based on like soundtracks or scores. I feel like well, that's something, a part of a movie that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it adds so much to a movie going experience. Really good question. So let me tackle the soundtrack one. Right? Yeah. So there's a friend of mine called Blake who wrote uh, a couple of books called Scored to Death. Okay. Right. Um, which were brilliant books where he interviewed a bunch of music composers. This Blake's the guy who is like the soundtrack guy, right? Um, and he is working on a documentary about horror movie soundtracks. Perfect. That's great. So I'm sure it would be really good. He actually reached out to me because I'd spoken to him years ago and he'd sent me his book. Mm -hmm. He reached out to me when he knew we were doing the thing. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, I just I, I felt compelled to reach out to you. This is my favorite. This is the kind. It's like you put up the bat signal, and everyone's gone like this, right? Yeah. Like this isn't about us. This is honestly about us being worthy enough to tackle this film, and we need to earn that. And I think part of these conversations I'm having is trying to you know trying to show enough humility to be vulnerable." And go. I want to learn what you guys want to see in this, mm -hmm. right? And I I'm, and I haven't done it this way before, but um, the the challenge with us is we're at a certain size in terms of like the business and expectations and all that kind of stuff. And although we create premium content for a niche audience, niche for us is like ten to fifteen thousand backers. Um, but something like a horror movie soundtrack documentary with our model it's too niche so we with our model we wouldn't be able to fundraise for something like that hmm. you know? um and whereas blake his whole career is in horror so he's doing it almost as an act of service he'll be making a loss on it for, for, for a long time i think but it will be brilliant because he's doing it you, you can't get anything purer than that the challenge is if you don't have a budget it just makes it a bit harder sure um so there's lots of ideas that I'd love to do that I can't do because they don't work um, in any kind of commercial way um, where, where you can get these things across. But um, pro projects that can really speak to, um, you know, I would say, 10 to 15,000 backers, that's the kind of sweet spot because that allows us to have a much more intimate relationship with that community. Sure. And we can kind of grow this thing together. Um, and it's a very different way of working and thinking about an audience versus like how Netflix will drop a film or if a studio will sell it to a district. Like it just, we don't have any of that. We're, we're direct to consumer in that sense. Um, but you asked about uh, my, my kind of early projects. Yes. Um, I worked in television in the UK, in Factual Entertainment, um, did whole bunch of documentaries in my in my 20s um and i did a whole slew of very cheap music documentaries right but my favorites were i did a documentary about biggie smalls mm. and i did it in brooklyn and i made a film about 50 cent in queens and um i did one on bono that was terrible <laughs> and, and, I, and I, my chemical romance one was really fun because uh, um, the guys I was I spent a lot of time with the guys that ran the record label that My Chemical Romance started on um, Eyeball Records they were at the time okay. and it was just super I just loved coming over to America as a Brit coming over to America 
you know, they think you're a cross between Jamie Oliver and Hugh Grant. And, you know, it kind of, it, it, you know, they kind of open up their, their doors to me. So, and I love going back to the States um, mm -hmm. and doing stuff. And actually America, North America is our audience. That's where it is. It's not here in the UK. Um, and um, that, that was a long time ago. It was a real, real fun experience. And without having made those projects, there would be no In Search of Darkness. You right. know, um, that's kind of how I, how I learned my craft, but in search of darkness is, you know, David Weiner wrote and directed that. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, it's very much, you know, he, he's done an amazing job. He's working on the nineties one now and it's everything we're seeing is, is really, really good. And I think as a, um, as an executive producer and as someone who's ultimately responsible for these projects, like finding the right people to work with is everything. Right. And having having a very crystal clear vision of what you what you want. So I'll have, um, and I'm a visual thinker. So I'll, I'll have like whole sequences planned out and this kind of stuff. But I need to work with someone that can take this and make it even better. Correct. Yep. Um, and and then you you know it's a very um, important relationship. And you know most of the team we've had at, we, we've got a creative EC have been with us for years. And I think that says something about the kind of people we are, but also like how we operate. I only want to work on projects that I feel inspired to and, work on. And everybody's got to feel that way and they want to just help everything succeed and expand and grow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's really important because I mean, it's very hard. Everything's very hard because, you know, to you, you almost got to escape gravity to make something real. And and when we start, when we commit, especially financially to a project, we're like, we're just going to have to make this happen, right? You know, and it's almost like going to war a little bit. Like you have your when we do a pre-sale campaign, we're at war. We're like, right, we are going to promote the hell out of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we want and we want to. We don't want to reach everybody, but we want to reach everybody who really cares about the subject we're talking about. And, and our work's very polarizing because, you know, it might be 70 to $100 to support one of our projects, but what you're getting is something that you'll never get rid of, you know. Sure. It, it, uh, you know, it, it's uh, our tagline at Creative EC is fandom with purpose. And that's what our work is. It's like mm -hmm. our work is a direct manifestation of fandom. And it, the relationship we have with our backers, they're almost like peers because we can't, we can't function without them. They're in the documentary. They're listed at the end. The credits, yeah. Yeah, with In Search of Darkness 3, we started putting videos of them in, in the end as well. And I think that'll be something that we continue. Sure. Um, but it's the relationship's different and how people relate to the work is different because of that. It doesn't feel like an anonymous studio making this. And there's a, there's a, a kind of chasm between you as a fan and what you're celebrating. No, it's the, this is your connection to it. Yep. The In Search Of series, um, it reminds me a lot of when I was in high school, what was very popular on TV or like the I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s type shows. It yeah, kind of has a similar format, yeah. which I absolutely yeah. love, but I love how it focuses on a specific genre instead of just like an entire decade. Um, when I started watching these, I, I've known about them for years, but I, I bought a subscription to shutter just the main reason was to watch in search of darkness two and three my uh my question to you is do you did you see any increase on backers from that partnership that you had with shutter 
I get, I mean, look, the short answer would probably be yes, right? Because Shudder is the premium horror subscription service. Right. Great team, great company to work with. But um, Shudder is nice to have, right? Shudder, on the totem pole of prior, priorities for, for In Search of Darkness and for Creative VC, Shudder is way down here. Mm-hmm. Right, because Shudder could exist, it could not exist. It wouldn't really make any massive material difference to what we do because our entire focus is on our backers, mm-hmm. right? And where we um, are able to operate as a business is through um, making sure that that relationship with our backers doesn't get diffused. So Shudder has been absolutely a net positive, but also it can be a net negative because people will say, oh, I'm not going to back this one. I'll just wait for it to come out on Shudder. So we never do deals with Shudder until like way, like way down the line because our whole focus is that intimate backer experience. And one of the interesting things that you should do is go on eBay and just type in In Search of Darkness and just see how much everything is going, like Blu-rays for hundreds Correct. of dollars. I saw a collector edition. I saw it. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if you know Angry Video Game Nerd, James yeah. Roll. Yep. Right, we did a collector's edition with him for for um, for In Search of Darkness Part 2. Hmm. There's like some slight material differences in the in the Blu-ray and it has a different slipcase. That was mm-hmm. on eBay for $900. That's crazy. Great. So what yeah. I say, but, but we regularly see stuff, um, our work on there for hundreds of dollars because we control all the manufacturing yeah. um, and, and our audience you know, still book obsessed. We haven't released a still book, but that was going to be one of my questions, man. They're collect, they're collect, well, co- they're collectors, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's our core audience. And obviously, there's some radiation out from that. We've done collector editions with Elvira and Corey Taylor from Slipknot, and you know, other friends of ours. But it's sort of like um, y- you are, I would say, exactly our kind of target audience, right? And Shudder has, you know, one point something million subscribers. That's right. too big. That that blows my mind. But that isn't our audience. Mm-hmm. It's still nice to get your eyeballs on a project, and if they really like it, they can come and support your future endeavors. Which yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think that um, you know the I don't think we would exist without the horror audience. So mm-hmm. it's something that we're that we have huge respect over, um, and. Uh, I'm just really grateful I get to do work I care about, you know, and people show up exactly. for it. And, but it's a lot of responsibility as well. Um, and that's why tackling the thing frightens me. Not, you know, not because of the movie, but because it's such a monumental, sacred movie in this genre. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to... I was talking about this with Mick Garris yesterday, and I'll relay this story to you. I went to see John Carpenter do his anthology tour Mm. He was playing live in London. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd come close to me, yeah. Right, and I remember it was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. And the but I, the vibration in the room, there was a girl in front of me, and 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 her hands were like this, and I swear she was having some sort of spiritual experience. Hmm. And and that's what I think some of these movies, the relationship they have with their audience, mm-hmm. is on that kind of level like it's 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 something that you have to go in 
and you've got to prove you're worthy enough to tackle the subject and, and, and forget anything that we've done in the past, whether you liked it or didn't like it. Um, or even if you loved it, like we need to, this is like day one with a new project. And, and I know how I want to feel and I know how I want the audience to feel. Sure. And now we're kind of working backwards from that point. That's so cool. Dear. I cannot wait to see aliens expanded when it comes out. I really can't wait for the thing, but I, I can't wait just to see how this format is and the, the structural aspect you said that you had for this. I, I can't wait to see I can show how you, you. I don't, particular movie down. I don't know if StreamYard lets me, it does let me present the, um, I can show you if you're interested, I can show you something that I don't think anyone else has seen. Sure. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, I say that, and uh, I, say, I have things on my end. I don't. I don't know if uh, we'll be able to share it on yours or not. I think I can present on it, um, but uh, I thought I had it on my desktop. I might not. We'll come back to that. But That's the right. um, yeah, uh, but I could show you literally because we've got all the motion graphics locked now. Okay, so you can actually see how this navigation works. Yeah. It just looks really cool. Yeah, like we go through the film and you zoom in. And I'm imagining it in my head, and it, it yeah. sounds great. I, I I edit a lot of stuff, so just to kind of like see that on screen in a uh, cinematic aspect sounds very cool to me. You were going to ask a question about still books. Yes, I'm ask a just physical media in general. A, do you ever see a steel book release happening? And B, your backers, do you see more of a focus on like the physical media side of things, or do they just want to see the product? presented to them digitally as easy and painlessly as possible okay so our core audience physical yeah right all the way and and i think one of the things we're trying to do is get better Mm -hmm. um i would love to do a still book the challenge with still books is is when you're doing relatively low volume Mm -hmm. the price is it doesn't you know i was looking at two things i was looking at a lenticular cover yeah and I was getting bonkers quotes, like, quote, like just like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to. There's no point doing it. Um, I there is a re-release of the In Search of Darkness trilogy. So this, um, I was really happy with this release. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was and this sold out, and we're not gonna do another one. I um, hate to hear that. I, I missed out on that, but after I I, I watched the projects after that already got released. So uh, if I would have seen it beforehand, I would have picked that up in a heartbeat. It looks great. But then we released um, a, it was just a regular Blu-ray, but it had three discs and a new booklet um, in it, which we're going to, we've held on to the rest of the stock. So I think we've got about 600 left. Mm-hmm. We're going to sell those in October as okay. part of the second round of the campaign. And then I don't know. I, I think that maybe leave it a year, a year or two. But I want to do a special re-release of the In Search of Darkness trilogy with maybe an extra disc hmm. with like long form interviews, sure, like with oodles of extra because we've got hundreds of hours of material that didn't make it into the documentary because we oh, filmed wow. everybody, and and if, you know, sadly, a few of the people we filmed are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's just one of those things that grew and grew and grew. Um, we've got a book coming out. Um, based on In Search of Darkness that's coming out in March, um, which is through an external publisher who have kind of licensed our brand. But we've got our first book that we've done ourselves coming out in May, 
uh, based on In Search of Tomorrow. Okay. So we're kind of diversifying. Um, and we also have a, a website called InSearchOfDarkness.com, which has about 40 hours of material. Um, I think 25 long-form interviews and uh, like 20 hours of unseen In Search of Darkness on it as well. I'll send you a link after this uh, with a promo code and you can uh, knock, knock yeah. yourself out. Um, but That'd be great. We kind of we're, we're at this stage now where we've kind of I feel like we've established ourselves to a degree, and now it's like you need to you need to go back to core principles and deliver really great experiences for fans, involve them in it, and everything will kind of radiate out. And that's kind of that's kind of our strategy now. And I'm I'm quite happy. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but for twenty five twenty six, I'm I want to do something massive, right? Mm -hmm. like that sort of kind of epic Hollywood proportion type level where every horror fan would know about it. And, and oh um, yeah, so that, so that's kind of, that's the, that's the kind of North star. Yeah. With what we're I, doing. I, keep, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about that, but I'm, I'm assuming it's still stewing up in there. It's still, it's still very, I wouldn't be able to talk about it yet, but like it's still an early, you know, early conversations, but you yeah. have to, you have to be ambitious. And I mean, I was so frightened doing in search of diamonds. Sure. You know, and um, it, these things are very challenging, but um, it's the thing I'm most proud of in my career. And you should be, because I the In Search of stuff has been great. I cannot wait to see the expanded, just you branching out, trying new things. I you got, just focusing on one movie. When you try yeah. new things, you know, that, that's why I was so nervous when we sent out the rough cut to our Aliens backers, yeah. because they're serious. They're like, you can't, you, they will tell you if they're not happy. You know, and I was so, and it was a rough cut. It wasn't even polished. I mean, it was a rough cut, right? But when the feedback came back, I was like, oh my God. And the whole team were like, and it's just G'd us on to kind of just polish everything and make it sparkle, you know? So I'm excited. That's very cool to hear. I, I cannot wait to see it. Um, I've, I've only seen In Search of Darkness trilogy. I'm going to expand out and watch the Tomorrow and Last Action Hero aspects because I, I like all of, I I'll love this format and I love seeing it in different genres. When I follow up with you, I'll send you a link, a download link for um, In Search of Tomorrow because that's a really, I mean, we had a Hollywood premiere for that. And mm -hmm. um, I remember seeing it because we, we made it during the pandemic so we couldn't so we had like all these contributors all these amazing stars yeah in uh, my colleague david's garden in la <laughs> you know, they were shot in the garden with like a backdrop um hmm. because we couldn't shoot in the studio because of all the covid right. stuff that had to have been um, hard like spending all that time making a well-polished project and then you couldn't celebrate it the way you wanted to no i mean like, even on stage like we had to wear masks on the stage and all this kind of stuff yeah it was but that was the highest grossing crowdfunded documentary in history. That has 17,000 backers, hmm. right? Um, it's the sing as a single documentary, that's the biggest one we've ever done. That's so cool. seeing it in the cinema and it was a huge screen, not IMAX, but like not like huge screen. Right. I was like, wow, the production value here on display looks amazing. It was worth it. Um, and uh, you know, that, that was a very proud proud moment i'll send you the link so you can watch it i appreciate if you it. like in search of darkness and you like 80s sci-fi then mm -hmm. it's like no-brainer you love it right 80s was a very magical time for filmmaking so pretty much the majority of movies made there i am a fan of and want to hear more information about so just hearing about the sci-fi from that time frame yeah sign me up that sounds great 
but I think I think this is a good place to stop. Is there anything else that you want to uh, plug before we get out of here? Well, I mean, the thing, um, what I'd love is if you've, if you really like the thing, if you're a fan of that movie and are interested in being on this journey, mm-hmm. please follow us at Thing Expanded. And I would really ask that people fill out that survey. You fill out that survey. It's not a complicated survey, but no. it's really, it's the first step for us to know that we're on the right track. And we get to course correct based on what we're hearing. We've had hundreds of responses and I was reading them through them this morning thinking, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, you know, my white whale on this whole project is Rob Botine. Of course. Mm -hmm. So that would be the person, um, you know, that someone actually just gave me his telephone number this week. (laughs) But I want to make him an offer he can't refuse. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. And if we don't get him, it's not because we haven't really tried seriously. Sure. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I'm the same as you. I like these movies and I can't do this stuff on my own. And so, you know, the kind of almost kinetic psychic energy of a, of a community wanting something to be really good right wanting to be part of that journey this is what this is all about so please follow us and 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 let us know who you are let us know what you think yes and i i'm I'm following you guys on instagram the page is great especially for a thing lover just to have a nice micro dose every day when you're scrolling is always nice i'm doing all that i haven't normally we have a team that does all of that yeah i'm doing it at the moment i'm doing i'm loving it yeah um like i'm Today I just today I just put a clip out of John Carpenter on the Late Show, mm-hmm. uh, just because a, a six minute interview did, and so I just put out like a fifty second clip of that. I think that come, that's scheduled to go out Monday. Like I'm enjoying being really hands on with this because there's no one else involved in my team in this project. Wow, and and um, I think because. It's so early on in the process. I have to be doing this. I have to be at the ground point, listening to all the signals mm-hmm. that are coming in, um, because then I can ensure that when I, you know, when I bring a director in, and when the rest of the team start getting involved and doing all the socials and everything else like that, that we don't lose sight of that north star. What this is really all about, right? And just talking with you today, you can tell how passionate you are about this and about the thing in particular. Cannot wait to watch this when it comes out, be part of the process as well. I plan on backing this one because I just love seeing. That, that's my fee, Jake. You know, like you have to back one of our projects now, but like um, the uh, it, it's um, I'm really grateful. And, uh, it, you know, I would love to come back. I would love to come back and speak to you once you've had a chance to review the synopsis that we're going to put out. Yeah. Um, because your opinion is very valuable and you won't be wrong about anything. Mm-hmm. You know? um, when anyone sort of projects onto a synopsis or kind of idea that we, you know, we, we can't say to Mar, we disagree. Like you, you, even if we don't follow through on what they're suggesting for mm-hmm. myriad of reasons, it's very important that we know where people are with things. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to have you on further down the road once, uh, even just to like give updates on the creative process that is going into like how uh, backers can kind of contribute to making this project kind of more of how they would love to see it in their mind's eye. That's well, like Yeah. Great. I mean, there's the film itself. I can tell you one thing that's happened from these conversations. I've met so many people 
who have been amazing speakers, um, who have these valuable, entertaining um, reactions to the thing. I want to create a digital space mm-hmm. um, where we can capture some of this sentiment. It's not going to be part of the film, but it's going to be something where if you're a fan of this movie, you can hear what all the other like super fans who are, you know, can articulate charismatically how they feel mm-hmm. can get together and we can see something. So I want to, I want to be able to capture that because there's some real talent out there. Um, and I want this to be a very premium feeling project. You know, I've already started putting my wish list together. Rob Bottin and Quentin Tarantino are two of the people that I really want in this. Maybe if you could have your premiere over at the New Beverly or something, you might be able to Wouldn't get Wouldn't that be amazing? Tarantino. Wouldn't that be, be amazing? That I've be never great. been there. I'd love to go. Yeah, I haven't either, but from the photos and videos I've seen, it looks like a great theater. Well, thank you very much, Robin, for coming on. Please back the Thing Expanded project. I cannot wait to see what comes of this. This has been episode number 22 of Boutique Talk. And until next time, I'll see you.